Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all our work at texasfootball.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can follow us on Instagram, Dave Campbell's. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. You can buy the magazine, which we actually just got our what first copies of just our preview copies in the office right now right and on the other end of course you hear Ishmael Johnson <laughs> the I was like I was done this is before my intro I don't know if I should really speak <laughs> go right ahead go right ahead but yeah it's a uh, sorry it's been a long uh, long couple of days for me oh yeah <laughs> why 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 is that Sean uh, well I got married over the weekend oh, <laughs> I, there you go I, I talked a little bit about it last week but uh yeah, just got back yesterday from San Jose, California. Yep, wedding number one down. Wedding number one of two. Wedding number one of two. So, uh, so far, so good. Yeah, um, she hasn't. <laughs> things she, are things are going smooth. She, okay. she hasn't left me as yet. So <laughs> you know that's. Uh, <laughs> so are you? Are you? Are is there a part of you secretly hoping just so you can use the phrase? My wife left me. Well, well, I, you know, I thought about this very seriously. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, this is not a laughing matter. Sure. Sure. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm the one who travels ah, out of the two of yes, us for work. True, so, true. you know, otherwise I would just say and, and post my wife left me yeah. every time she left for a business trip. But I'm the one traveling. Yeah, and she's graduated. So like she can't she doesn't go right, back to North Carolina at right. all. So it's like, ah. I know, I know it's it's <laughs> it's a tough scene. But uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I guess my wife will not leave me, at least for the you know near future. <laughs> but uh, but next week we're, we're doing another one. We're doing the Christian wedding. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot. We're planning on having right now it's 375 okay wow it's uh yeah and even though ishmael decided he's not coming you know (laughs) so you know we we would be at 376 but you know i guess uh, i guess we'll have room now (laughs) i have reasons (laughs) sure man it's all right it's all right hey it's okay if you show up alone it's fine No, I have I'm, other reasons. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Yeah, obviously, this time of year we all uh, we all like to kind of get away, mm-hmm. like to you know have a little bit of space. Now that we've created a whole freaking magazine, right? And by the way, if you haven't ordered as yet, you can go to textfootball.com/slash subscribe. It's only 19.95 for the first year, and you'll get the magazine mailed directly to your house. Uh, subscribers should be getting magazines in what, like the next week? Yeah, uh, with it, hopefully within the next week. Um, obviously. Store shelves, hopefully, the first week of July is what we're aiming for. But, yeah, subscribers should be getting them within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It was pretty fun to to finally get a copy in my hand, yeah. see it, see my byline in it. Yep. Uh, you know, everybody just suggested don't don't look at it because you'll find oh, don't, a mistake. Don't, don't read it. Yeah, don't don't read it yet until <laughs> so, it's way in the way in the <laughs> rearview mirror. So I'll, I'll hand it to my, well, I guess my wife, my wife and, uh, <laughs> you know, give it give a copy to my mom, make sure that they get a copy of it and then yeah. never look at it again. Right, but it's coming out soon. Of course, Sam Ellinger on the cover. Uh, we've got a cover story on him. We've got Duncanville and North Shore on the Gatefold cover. It's going to be a fun issue. I mean, it's it's crazy that it's already here. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? We just feel like we just sent it off, but it was like I guess three weeks ago. Now yeah, that we sent it off. It's kind of crazy. Is flying time is flying. Well, we're in the middle of the college football off season, of course, uh, but there's still plenty going on. Um, you know, this week we thought that we'd do kind of a superlative show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we'd go through, look at the guys who are coming back next season. Uh, because, yeah, I guess we're really not that far away from 2019 really getting underway. Right. Again, the preview magazine is kind of the, the start of all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then soon we'll be going to media days and we'll be doing training camp. And then all of a sudden the season will be here. But to get started, to get started, you know, we'll do some stuff with both players and coaches. But let's start. 
heading into 2019, mm-hmm. who is the most fun player to watch in Texas? Ooh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Ugh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to get two answers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give Mason Fine. Okay. And Keontae Ingram. Yeah. Because I think that when you... One, it's one of the most fun things in football is to watch the quarterback position played at a high level. Oh, yeah. And so oh, we had a little... Uh, <laughs> notification ding, <laughs> um, but no one of the one of the best things to watch in football in general is the quarterback played at a high at a high level, and within that, a quarterback position played at a high level in a quarterback friendly system for sure, right? And Mason Fine does both of those things as well as he's one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the country probably, but definitely in the state. He can get around in the pocket. He's so hard to bring down. He's so shifty. So well molded in that system that I think it's you're watching a hand in glove in a way yeah and Keontae Ingram uh, to touch on him a bit is just one of the most pure runners I think in the state and by the end by the time he's done I think we'll notice that across the country that he's one of the best yeah I you know I've always been of the opinion that to be a really good college football offense mm-hmm. I think you you're at such an advantage to have a dual threat quarterback yeah and Mason Fine isn't that right right you know and, and but I think that Mason Fine just shows, even though his numbers might not be as gaudy as like Derek King, who's sure. a phenomenal player, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely high on my list of, of most, most fun players to watch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, or even, a you know, a Sean Robinson before, right. uh, you know, a Trevon Boykin, guys like that. When you have a quarterback who's just dealing, it, it's so much fun to watch. Right. You know, I mean, that, that's where you start seeing like, oh, that's why Peyton Manning was a thing. Right. That's why Tom Brady's a right. thing. Right. He's not, and he's not like, he's not destroying the world with like the most precise passes. Right. Like he's, he's fine. He's just below 65% completion, I yeah. believe. But he's not, you know, he's not, sur- he's not Colt McCoy surgical. Right. But he's still like, he's the guy that's like, okay, four yards, 10 yards, right. 12 yards. Like, it's like, oh, what, where'd right. that come from? You and, know? And he has a bigger arm than you'd think he would. Right. He, he, yeah, he gets that label because he's small. And you're like, oh, For it's, sure. you know, it's the uh, Colt McCoy pop gun arm kind of thing. No, right. he can sling it. <laughs> no, I, Mason Fine was actually the first, uh, well, and UNT as a whole, was the first to release actually their Heisman campaign for Mason Fine. Uh-huh. So, so he's the first official Heisman campaign that I've I seen like so it. far I in like the country. It. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, look, I'm always, I've always been of the opinion that there should always be five invites to New York, mm-hmm. no matter what. I mean, there was that year, uh, I don't even remember the year, but but there were only three guys invited, and right. and it's like, I understand that there are three that are way above everybody else, but think about how much it meant to Jordan Lynch to be invited. Right, right? From exactly. Northern Illinois. Exactly, yeah. You know, uh, he wasn't going to win, but yeah, it was I, I mean, cool to see. The, the Navy quarterback from a few years back. You know, the Keenan Reynolds, that, yeah. Yeah, the fact that he got an invite to New York, that's such a big deal. And like, yeah. dude, if, if Mason Fine is the fifth guy invited to New York, That'd I think awesome. that everybody in the city of Denton would take that. Absolutely. And and obviously, I mean, it's going to be hard for Mason Fine to win the Heisman Trophy. Right. But that's not really the point, right? Sure. It's, it's, this kid deserves a lot more attention than he gets. Uh, and, and he gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Uh, for me, I decided to go defense for this. I decided to go with Caden Stearns. Caden mm-hmm. Stearns, well, it's the same. I have him for another answer of mine. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you have a safety who can make plays all over the field, mm-hmm. it's like having an awesome quarterback. Right. You know, it, the fact that he could just cover up every mistake that you make. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's something that we, we've seen at a lot of different schools. You know, when, when a team has just a, a superstar safety and 
when guys get beat over the top, he's there to help. When guys get beat at the line of scrimmage, he's there to help. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that he can play all over the field, the fact that he creates so many turnovers, the fact that he makes so many plays, both at the line of scrimmage and down the field, right? it's special. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of have joked a little bit in the office, but this, this Texas secondary, especially with all the recruits from that last recruiting class, I mean, it's a Legion of Boom-esque. This should, yeah, like if, if things click right, like we should be looking at something, yeah. the college equivalent to that. And, and he's the Earl Thomas, right? Yeah, I mean, right, I mean, exactly. He's the Earl Thomas. You can't teach his skill set. No, you really, really can't. And he's just so much fun to watch for mm-hmm. me. I, he just, the way that he reads the game, and actually there's there's a bit, and actually that the Texas player feature is on Caden Stearns. Mm-hmm. And Sam Ellinger actually told me a great story about just the moment during spring camp where he's like, oh my God, this is not a freshman. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and that's that's how he played all year long and um no i mean i'm really excited to see what he does in his second season too uh let's move on to a coach question so what coach would you start a program with if any level any you know but but texas coach i had to think hard about the context of a lot of these coaches and and a lot of uh, uh the success they've seen yeah and because the key thing was start a program. For yeah, me. because, for example, I mean, mm. Jimbo Fisher's won a title. Right. He also coached at Florida State and took over right. for one of the greatest coaches. I mean, and, and that's that's obviously tough to gauge. Yeah, so I went with Matt Rule. Matt Rule. I went with Matt Rule because he's done it twice now. Yeah. Temple, he took over. For sure. And Baylor, of course. Yeah. Both were in not good situations when he came there. For sure. And both... Probably were, um, obviously we'll see where Baylor is this year, but looked to be around this time, his second, third year, ahead of schedule. Right. And for Matt Rule to do that in a, an environment where we had a pre like we, we had the notion that, oh, he's going to struggle here. He's not from Texas. Right. He's not, you know, is are the coaches going to welcome him here when he's recruiting? Right. Things of that nature. And he has. And he's done fine. He's done fantastic actually yeah um obviously we'll see after this year but from what he's shown and then from the trajectory we saw at temple i have no reason to doubt that he knows how to build a program and i think when you're talking about starting a program i think it's matt rule and i don't know who a close second is and yeah it's right now yeah no rule is a great answer uh i i think that people don't understand how bad a football program temple is right it, it's you you talk about that with the toughest places to win in the country because nobody cares about college football in Philadelphia. Right. Nobody cares about college anything in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, I mean, like it's hard to get kids in that that part of the country to stick stay there. Right. Like if you're a good football player, you're gonna go a little bit further west or you're gonna go a little bit further south. Like, right, <laughs> right. I mean Penn State's right there taking right. all your good players. Exactly. I mean, the, the the Midwest is over there, yeah, the Big Ten like, coming oh, in. Oh cool. Yeah, you're either gonna go to Penn State or you're gonna go to a other Big Ten school. Like, right. Right. <laughs> to get them to stay and, and go to Temple is right. crazy. And and Philadelphia has kind of become a little bit of a hotspot. Philadelphia mm-hmm. and New Jersey are both where where all of a sudden you have a lot of schools realizing, hey, there's talent here that right. isn't being tapped. And so um, no, I, I, and I think that rule's done a great job of obviously assimilating into, into, uh, college football in Texas. And the biggest thing that I think that you can say about rule is that he knows how to handle the off the field stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows how to shake all the hands. He knows how to get all the donors together. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to win over high school football coaches, right. no matter where he is. Um, and, and that's something that I think that you need in a coach. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that you absolutely need. You know, the guy that I came up with was Gary Patterson. Mm-hmm. 
I had a feeling you would go there. Yeah, and, and Gary Patterson has obviously done this t- the most wholesale way. Sure. You know, he has taken over a program and turned it into a national contender. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the question is, if, if Gary Patterson took over a new program tomorrow, would that's, he be willing to start over? That's my thing. That's the only thing. Like, Gary Patterson is a second, is second probably to me, behind Matt Rule. Sure. The only thing was, he took over a very successful TCU from Dennis Frangioni. Yeah. And so... It, co- it, it just went back to the start. And now, granted, he took him to new heights that Franchione did not take him to um, with the Rose Bowl win and being in national title contention for a good couple years. Yeah. Um, but that was the only differential because, obviously, Patterson was the other. It was those two names. I was like, ah, <laughs> man, Patterson's <laughs> clearly probably the best coach in the state. Yeah. Um, but it was that phrase, starting. And he yeah. brought up a good point. Would Patterson be going – would Patterson be like, oh, yeah, I'll build this program up, right? Right, <laughs> right. Well, and, and the funny thing, too, is I remember a while back, you know, I, I'm a Baylor guy. I'm around a lot of Baylor fans. Mm-hmm. And I remember when when Matt Rule was being rumored to the Jets. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who were talking to me were like, why – what does he bring? Right. You know, when you hire Cliff Gingsbury, you know that you're going to get offense. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hire – you know, whoever else, you know, uh, the Denver just hired uh, uh, Fangio, you know, yeah, the right, Bears defense Fangio, coordinator. Yeah. It, you know, you know that you're going to get great aggressive defense. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hire uh, Matt Nagy, you know, in Chicago. You're going to get innovative, creative offense. Right, right, yeah. RPO offense. You yeah. know exactly what you're getting. Well, Matt Rule, I mean, they haven't run the same thing no matter where Matt Rule's been. Right. You he, know doesn't I mean? ha- he doesn't have a brand. No, he doesn't have a brand. Yeah. But the thing that he has is that he – he is the good version of what everybody talks about with a CEO coach. Right. You know, he's involved in everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, it's not just what they're doing, because that's only details. Mm-hmm. It's how they're doing it. Right. And that's something that I think at Baylor that you, you see a lot of. I mean, he, I, I remember just going to the facility and, you know, I mean, there are very strict rules about, like, you're not allowed to wear hats inside the facility. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be dressed a certain way. You know, obviously, uh, on these plane trips, you know, a lot of the time they have to dress up and stuff like that. They're, they're pretty serious about this stuff because they kind of feel like it's how you do these things that matter. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, when, when you go even to a pro organization, the ability to manage everything around it is such a big part of the job because sure. you have talented coordinators. Sure. You know, you can hire those guys. You don't have to make player decisions, mm-hmm. you know, but, but you're kind of just in charge of setting the culture, setting the expectations, um, and, and in a lot of cases, I think that can be more valuable than just being good at coaching X's and O's. Right. But yeah, I, I, again, I went with Patterson. Mm-hmm. I think that he's just, he's proven that he can do it. Right. I don't think you had a wrong answer with either of those. Right, two. right, yeah. right. Uh, you know, and it is kind of interesting to think of some of the other coaches. I mean, I'm curious to see what Mike Bloomgren does. Sure. I, I really want to see if he can do it because mm-hmm. he's, that's what he's taking on. Right. You know, he's yeah, we have on. arguably, uh, we have Bloomgren, Dimmel, Spavadol, yeah. and uh, Wilson who are All currently building programs. Yeah. Right. And so I'm curious to kind of see, because one of those guys can get on the list. Sure. You know, no right. Problem. Exactly. If, they, if one of these teams win six games, right. all of a sudden they're on the list. Right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's say the coaching ranks. Mm-hmm. What sub FBS coach will be an FBS coach someday? I tried to stay away from the obvious one. But I couldn't. It's Eric Morris, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because of what you mentioned about, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Right. If if UIW, let's say they miss the playoffs, right this yeah. year, which is possible. Sure, um, sure, a lot sure. of things went right for them to make the playoffs. Last oh, year. absolutely. Um, let's say they miss the playoffs. Do you? That's fine. But do you really expect this offense to drop out of the top thirty? No. 
right? They're yeah. going to be fine. The offense is going to be fine. If anything, the defense is what's maybe perhaps this is going to you know uh, come back to bite them maybe. But you know what you're getting with Eric Morris, sure. and I feel like that's such an appealing thing to so many FBS schools, right? Whether it's <clears throat> UTSA if they decide things aren't going <laughs> right, right. Um, if it's somewhere, if it's uh, maybe a school out of state, I don't know, around the area, sure. uh, Louisiana school or something. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a brand of Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And guess what? In a way, it didn't work out for Kingsbury at Tech, but some people might be like, sure, let's have a top 10 offense and just win five games, but everything's exciting. Like, right. there's there's an appeal to that for some people. Oh, for and sure. He, that's that's kind of what follows Eric Morris around. Well, and, and right we now. talked about this a little bit actually uh, in the office last week with Jake Spavital. Mm-hmm. You know, Jake Spavital, in his career as a coordinator, has mm-hmm. had a little bit of a ceiling. Right. Just his teams have. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, like, there are a lot of programs that would love to hit that ceiling. Right. You know, it's that like, eight, oh, nine cool. wins. cool, offense. Like, <laughs> right. like, oh, okay, that's awesome. Right, <laughs> right. And so the other thing, too, that I think could be interesting with Morris, right, is that maybe he just right away goes and jumps from Incarnate Word to getting an FBS lower-level job. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think that we can't count out is the idea of Morris getting poached by one of the big schools, mm-hmm. you know, an Alabama, sure. a, a USC to be an offensive coordinator, coordinator yeah. and then getting a job off of that. Sure. So, I, yeah, I think that Eric Morris is definitely the obvious answer here. Uh, the one that I went with is Colby Carthel. Sure. Oh, for, for yeah. Sure, for sure. It, he, he's still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's kind of funny. He's done it the uh, you know there was a lot of talk about John Beeline after he got hired by the mm-hmm. Cavaliers, you know, right, right, going right. through and being high school D three D two D one NBA, right? Just cutting his teeth everywhere. Now Carthel hasn't done every level, right? But yeah, I mean he cut his teeth in the Division two level. Mm-hmm. Now he's taking over an SFA program that's very well regarded, mm-hmm. uh, you know, historically, obviously, and and is coming off of the worst stretch in a long time. Mm-hmm. So now. You talk about Matt Rule and his building a program. I mean, if you wanted to go with a sub-FBS coach in terms of building a program, mm-hmm. Carthel has to be near the top of your list. For sure. You know, because he goes in there, and same deal, he doesn't have a style that he always plays. He, he always matches what he does to what his players do, uh, mm-hmm. are good at. Mm-hmm. And for me, Carthel is just somebody who I think he's a great talker. I think he's somebody who can win over an interview. I think that... Uh, I think that it does help, you know, that he's been a head coach and he's managed programs before and he's won a national title before, of course, right. you know, and, and so, and SFA doesn't have to win a national title for him to get more attention, right? but you know, I mean, it just takes him having some success winning, you know, eight games and, and then some lower level team taking a chance. Staying on that same uh, line of thinking. I mean, Adam Durrell, Abilene yeah. Christian, like yeah. similar path, right? National, multiple national title winner in division two. Right. Um, out of the state guy, right? Abilene Christian says, "You know what? Let's take a swing on this guy. He's yeah. successful, and they won six games last year. Right? Like Abilene Christian's not a very good program, no. And he he has them in the right direction. We'll see what happens this year. Similar to what uh, we'll see what happens at Carthel at SFA. But I mean that those two guys I think are in the same mold of thinking. Darrell is kind of on a you know he's a little bit older. He's now in his third year at a FCS school, so he's probably on a little quicker trajectory. But right." Same line of thinking, getting it done at every single level. Right. Like some guys just, the ability to coach translates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so if you can do it at the lower levels, right. you maybe be able to test it the right. next level. So, right. so mo- moving on, uh, it's sort of in the same vein. What player would you build your program around if you started a program tomorrow? I'm going to go back to your answer to the first one. It's Caden Stearns. Yeah. Because to me, there are three positions that you can build a team around. They're what I call franchise positions in, in, the, or in, the, in football. Quarterback, yeah. 
Edge rusher? Sure. Safety. Yeah. I think that's it. I think those are I think those three you can have a, you know, franchise left tackle, franchise sure. receiver, even a lockdown corner. Sure. I think those three positions change your team. Because you look at what the Seahawks were able to do with Earl Thomas. You look at what the Colts were able to do in their prime with Bob Sanders, healthy Bob Sanders, Ed Reed with the Ravens. You look at, obviously, edge rushers, J.J. Watt, Von Miller. Quarterback speaks for itself. I think if you can have that in a safety, your defense is set. Then all you'd need are decent corners. Because you know that, oh, if they get beat, oh, we're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're all, okay, cool. He he has an entire section of the field locked down. We're fine. And I think the fact that he's a sophomore. Yeah. He's a sophomore <laughs> playing like a senior. Like right. it's kind of crazy how we're like we mentioned the instincts can't be taught. And so I think that those three positions right now and it helps that he's a sophomore as well. Um there's not there's not a real dominant pass rusher in the state right now. No, there isn't. Um and so I think you mark that position off and I think you're t- you're taking between the Derek Kings, Mason Fine, Sam Ellingers, or a Cade Stern. And I went with the fact that he's a sophomore. Yeah. No, I, I think that the obvious move is to pick a quarterback, and so I didn't want to do that. Sure. Because I think that, okay, Any, cool. Anybody starts a team, you want a quarterback. Oh, cool. <laughs> Mason Fine, Sam Ellinger. Right. Yeah, cool. We know the names. We, we know. We know. <laughs> um, you know, the guy that I went with, because, again, I, I think you're right. I think that there's not a bell cow running back right now in the mm-hmm. States. Um, I mean, there's some really good offensive linemen, but I don't know if there's just a absolute, like, he's right. going to change every, And it's, it's hard to do that on the offensive right. line. There's, not there's no Luke, Like, if there was a Luke Jokel, right? right maybe right, something right. like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe you have that conversation, but there's not that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought a lot about linebackers. I actually mm-hmm. thought a little bit about, about your boy, Brian London. Mm, sure. Uh, I did actually end up coming back to a skill position player, which okay. this might be the laziest pick because, like, there's so much skill position talent in the right. state, but I think that Jalen Rager's that good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You look at those last couple of games last year, right? right? Especially the last four games. Now, the bowl game, he didn't really do anything because nobody did anything because that's how the game They were worked. playing a quarterback who couldn't walk. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what it, you wanted from Jalen Rager in that game. <laughs> it, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. But the thing that you say about Jalen Rager is that – he has proven, and he proved especially in those last two regular season games, that no matter where you slot him, he's going to produce for you. Right. He was their offense. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that we say that sometimes about guys, you know, oh, wow, he was their whole off. No. I, I, yeah, you he better believe it with this. <laughs> their offense. Right. He, <laughs> they scored, I think that they scored like five touchdowns the last, or no, they, they scored a few more than that. I think right. they scored six touchdowns the last two games, mm-hmm. and four of them were his. Like, I That's mean, ridiculous. yeah. And you know what? That Baylor game, they won 16 to nine, which Those is just, four touchdowns over two games. Yeah. Yeah. They think, won yeah. 16 to nine. Yeah. Just a ridiculously dumb game. Right. <laughs> Both touchdowns were Jalen Rager breakaways in a game yeah. that was just back and forth mashing into each other. And now Baylor's big play defense had struggled. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I mean, both teams were locked in. Yeah. Neither team wanted to to lose that game. And Jalen Rager just, I mean, it was ridiculous. That's fair. That is yeah. absolutely fair. And, you know, despite cycling through what ended up being, I guess, four quarterbacks, basically. <sighs> yeah. It, Jeez, it, by the I end mean, of the year, yeah, four. Like, cycling through four quarterbacks, he posted the second best receiving season in TCU history. The only one better was 2014 Josh Doxson. And Josh Doxson was catching passes from Trevon Boyd. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little different. Arguably, one of TCU's best quarterbacks of the past couple of years. So. Oh, 
among the you know top five ever. Right. And so to be talked about in that category and to in an offense that had been so terrible to produce like that, mm-hmm. I think that he is the rare wide receiver that can actually be a building block. I think that, yeah, you, you brought up his versatility because the fact that they were able to line him up at running back. Yeah. Right? And then they were able to throw him, hey, go get the kick too. Like, <laughs> it's like, right. so they were able to get him. The, it was like, we can't get you the ball. So here's, put him at running back, right. put him at receiver, put him at uh, kick returner, make him so we can't not <laughs> help but not give him the ball. I, I, I was talking to Gary Patterson for the, the magazine preview and – he basically was like, yeah, I don't know why we didn't do that sooner. Like, <laughs> I, I have no idea why we didn't just line him up wherever sooner. Why, right. why we just didn't get our best player the ball no matter what. Right. And, yeah, kind of. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> and, and, of course, they go 4-0 in their last four games. And, and three of them, obviously, Rager has gigantic games. And, and he actually uh, sets the TCU record with seven games in a row with a receiving touchdown. <sighs> like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, crazy. That's how much she meant to their offense. And their defense was really good last year, but their offense was bad right terrible it was bad but Jalen Rager kept them afloat pretty much single-handedly dragged them to a their offense to a bull right game. right yeah you know their their defense obviously excellent as ever but yeah, yeah Jalen Rager is off the charts man <laughs> he's off the charts so moving on uh, to most underrated player who's your most underrated player in the states I was gonna go with Jalen Rager because I felt <laughs> like he's underrated still? because because I mean we, spoiler alert we praise him a lot in the magazine um <laughs> But I felt like the fact that how bad TCU's offense was last year. Yeah. He still put up 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah. With arguably no quarterback that could throw a forward pass. Like, <laughs> Not arguably. <laughs> with quarterbacks that really struggled throwing a, a forward pass. Like, he, let's put it this way. Here's, here's a uh, – Jalen Rager had more – the only – golly, I'm looking at this now. <laughs> Sean Robinson yeah. only had two about 250 more yards through the air than Rager did in the air, uh, receiving. <laughs> Sean Robinson had 1334 passing yards. Jalen Rager had 1061 receiving yards. <laughs> he that is that is those are that production with that cast yeah. is Bolitnikov stuff like that stuff that you should be talking about him in the conversation of top five receivers in the nation with, with the Tylen Wallace's with right the Jerry exactly like but he's not in that he wasn't in that conversation obviously because TCU's offense wasn't very good yeah Tylen Wallace is putting up numbers you know in a Mike Gundy offense sure of course he's gonna look great he's gonna he's showing out against Texas obviously on the national stage Rager was doing this with guys who should not be FBS quarterbacks <laughs> or at least at this level power no, five sure, quarterbacks sure, sure. I think that to me that's underrated because we're not talking about it. We're talking about oh, he's a good, he's the one of the best receivers in Texas, right? Yeah. He's a pretty good receiver in the Big Twelve. We should, he is one of the best receivers in the nation. Yeah, and I think we should be looking at him like that. Yeah, no, that's 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 obviously a great answer. And like we said, we will have plenty of love for right. Jalen Rager in the magazine. You don't have to convince us. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about it, and then I saw those numbers of Sean Robinson's passing that is versus his, his, his receiving <laughs> yards. I'm like, how does a receiver have almost more receiving yards than your quarterback's that's, passing that's yards? That's ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to – or I'm going to pick yeah. two Texas Tech defenders for this answer. Okay. Texas Tech's defense obviously has not been good mm-hmm. the last couple of years, but really the last two years they did noticeably improve. And during the spring game, the Texas Tech spring game, mm-hmm. 
one thing that I really paid attention to and noticed was how aggressive their defensive backs were being. Mm. And I believe he might have been an all-conference pick, so maybe maybe this is a, a bad answer, but Adrian Fry, Ooh, the cornerback like at Texas Tech, yeah. was a real difference maker for them. Hmm. I He was a big-time playmaker in the secondary. I, I think that he had like four interceptions. I, I mean, I can pull up those numbers now, <laughs> right, obviously. Right, right. Uh, I think that he had like four interceptions, uh, and again in a redshirt freshman season too. I must, I must add, you mm-hmm. know, this was his first year starting. You know, he had twenty-one tackles, five interceptions, eighteen passes defended. Wow! Yeah, th- those pass defense numbers are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they were among the best in Texas, if not the best. You know, and and people don't really think about Adrian Fry as being one of the better corners. You know, when you think about the best defensive backs in in the in you know the state mm-hmm. obviously you're talking about the safeties at texas obviously you're talking about you know last year chris boyd obviously last year we were talking about jeff gladney who's mm-hmm. amazing and, and jeff gladney's still probably the best corner in the big 12 but right. adrian fry's probably number two mm-hmm. i mean he was really really good last year the other texas tech defender i wanted to bring up was eli howard the defensive end uh who, who started his career as a walk-on at texas tech mm-hmm. uh, after transferring from north texas and howard's numbers are fine 37 tackles, 9 QB hurries, 4 tackles for loss, 3.5 sacks. But he he's really just such a disruptive player on the edge. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and Tech doesn't have a whole lot of interior presence. I mean, Broderick Washington has played well, but, but like they don't have a big interior presence. But Eli Howard is just one of those guys who's just always around the quarterback. He's hmm. just always in the right place. He's always causing trouble. He's always making guys move. And I don't think it all shows up on the stat sheet, even though he's a defensive end where usually you see a little bit more uh, of sort of a correlation between stats and effect. But mm-hmm. but he really is a player who I think can be special for them. And again, I mean, he's I believe he's actually just finished his sophomore season. He's already graduated from Texas Tech. He's, right. got, he's got two years of eligibility left, and, he, and <sighs> I think that he just finished his degree. So, I mean, he's, he's a big-time player, big-time on and off the field, a big-time leader in the locker room. Uh, I think he's a special player, and – the numbers wouldn't show it. I mean, people wouldn't really talk talk about him nationally or sure. statewide as as one of those kind of guys. But I think he's proven that he can be that guy. And now heading into next year, you know, Keith Patterson, the defensive coordinator at Texas Tech, is a very aggressive coordinator. He mm-hmm. wants guys rushing the ball. He wants guys to be physical. He wants guys to be aggressive. And I think that Eli Howard's one of those guys who's going to take advantage of that. And mm-hmm. You do kind of need the defensive back to step up. You need other guys in the line to step up for that to be the case. But I think that Howard potentially could be a breakout candidate next year if if he can continue to build on what he did. Sure, sure. Anyway, guys, whew, a lot of fun players in the state right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, right? This is I'm I'm really looking forward to the season. This I want to take a break after the magazine, but. <laughs> I'm uh, looking through this kind of stuff. I'm like, all right, I can't wait to see this guy play. I want to see how this team turns out. There's, this is going to be a fun season. No, I, I mean, you just look at what's going on right now. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there isn't a team in Texas not interesting, right? I, because even the bad teams are interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and some for reasons that they shouldn't be interesting. Right, exactly, but they're, but they're all interesting, you know. And I, I mean, because you look at Utah, you know, Utah sure. was the worst team in the state last year, but. They've got Deion Hankins coming in. Mm-hmm. They've got Q Wadley coming back. You know, if Kyle Loxley gets all we'll stuff, see what out, happens at quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, they have some interesting players. Yeah. Uh, you know, UTSA. They have some interesting players. We get to see Frank Harris. See whether he can still ball out. Right. Yeah. That's 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 he has the potential to be one of the most exciting group of five players in the state. Like, yeah. And and honestly, 
the sub FBS teams too. Right. I mean, there's so many like you know, does Sam Houston bounce back? Right. UIW, was UIW a one year wonder? Right. Is Lamar on the right track? Carthel and Darrell, we mentioned absolutely, those guys. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's not a team right now that that isn't interesting. Right. And I mean, it is kind of interesting because, too because we have so many quarterbacks back. Yeah. I think that at the FBS level especially, I think that that's going to make for some really interesting games and some really interesting teams because, look, you can't teach experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you talk about what, I mean, there's only a couple of teams that might be switching out quarterbacks. I mean, Rice will definitely, or, or they might start a guy who only started one or two games last mm-hmm. year. You know, Gresh Jansen probably being the guy at Texas State. Sure. But, like, there's a lot of returning quarterbacks in this stage, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's going to make for a lot more consistent football next year. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that by the time that this season's halfway over, we might have to change half the names on this list. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even mention James Prochet. Yeah. You know, we didn't even right, mention yeah. DeAndre Torrey. Yep. We didn't even mention obviously any of the great offensive linemen: Lucas Niang, uh, Alex Woodworth. Uh, you know. Aaron Brewer, yeah. you know, there Jack Anderson, mm-hmm. there there's so many good players right now in the state. So, we'll be here with you to uh to obviously talk you along every step of the way. Anyway, the magazine comes out in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We put a lot of work into it, so you better get a copy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I had to stay up until 3 a.m. writing my uh writing a Texas Tech capsule <laughs> and you don't read the magazine, yeah. just just don't talk to me. <laughs> just don't even talk to me. <laughs> But, uh, again, you can subscribe to us, textfootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sucks Football. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Find all of our work at textfootball.com. We'd like to, once again, give a quick thank you to North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Actually, I might need to bring my car to a North Texas Honda dealer because my bumper is starting to fall off. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it, it only well, took they will be helping soon. <laughs> yes, yes. They, uh, hopefully, they'll be able to help me soon. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you all so much for joining us. We actually will be off next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be on my honeymoon, and I will not want to think about football at all. So, <laughs> so Fair enough. We will be back with you guys the week after next. I guess that'll be July Oh, God, yeah, it's about to be July. Oh, my goodness. No, because that's week of the 4th. Oh, that is the week of the 4th, you're So right. we might be on a little bit of a longer break than... <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what, what happens. What happens. We'll see, we'll see who ends up coming into the office. <laughs> but uh, thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll be back with you again real soon.